I imagine there are many people in the HTYC family who are in this crossroads moment of it's time to make some new goals, either because the old ones didn't fit or because you achieved them, blew them out of the water and you need the next thing. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. This is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career, the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring others' stories. We get to bring on all kinds of experts, like Chris Gillibo, who believes everyone should have a side hustle, or people that have pretty amazing stories, like Tanya Malcolm Novell, who took the time to create her own career profile and made it happen, and now works for her dream company. These are people that are just like you. They've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. Today, we have back on the podcast, Lisa Lewis. That sense of purpose and meaning that comes from setting a finish line for yourself, you know, seeing the goalposts and knowing how you want to direct your focus, your energy, your time, your efforts can be so, so helpful. And without it, that's sort of when you get into that feeling of adriftness and unmooredness where you just feel like the waves of life keep slapping you in the face over and over again and you don't know how to get out of them. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Today, we get pretty deep in conversation or how to completely reframe your future. So we talk specifically about how to take the goals that you're passionate about and excited about and take the next little steps to be able to turn them into a reality this year. And we talk about how to how to change your limiting beliefs from a negative into a positive and even how to recognize those uh, as well and how to use confirmation bias as a benefit to gain goal success. Really, really interesting on that one. So you can leverage psychology to be able to make it work for your advantage for yourself. You can actually play these tricks on yourself. Listen for that. And I I think that you'll love that one. It's about halfway through. Okay. Also, we talk about, me and Lisa go into how important it is to put to words and vocalize the ideas that you've been feeling, even even if it's just a whisper. So I'll even share what uh, what we mean by that and, and how it works and how it works into the whole psychology piece of it too. I was sort of scattered from a day-to-day and week-to-week perspective. Like I didn't look at my week every week and say, I know exactly when I'm gonna do this, this, and this activity or have this, this, and this meeting. This is Tracy. She wanted to build her own business, but found herself stuck. The business had reached a certain level, but I also had some family issues. I had a very sick parent. You'll get to hear Tracy's story later on in the episode to learn how she used coaching to help her finally figure out how to make everything fit. What you allowed me to do was create the career that I wanted to facilitate the lifestyle that mattered the most to me. Hey, Scott, it is great to be back on the HDYC podcast with you. And I'm so excited to get to talk to you about one of my favorite things in the whole world, which is dreaming, scheming, visioning, and goal setting. And with the beginning of 2018 upon us, it seems like there is no better time to think about recalibrating, refreshing, reframing, and focusing for the year ahead. So I know you happen to be a particularly future-oriented, strategic person. Not at all. And <laughs> Not at all. I've seen your strength finder. I know this is true. Dang it. Okay. So, you got so now, that, now that I've got your number dialed in here, I want to know, just like I imagine a lot of the HTYC community wants to know, When you are dreaming and scheming about the year ahead and thinking about what's on deck for 2018, where do you even start? What do you have in mind? Oh my goodness. Uh, So much. Here's the condition in which I'm answering this though. I'm going to turn the question around on you as soon as I get finished answering this. Fair? Deal. Hard hard to say no, like in the middle of recording a podcast. (laughs) No, I don't, no, no, don't really want to do that. Okay. So that's, that's what we're going to do. That's the plan. Um, We have, well... Alyssa and I don't really separate out life from work, if you will. 
we uh, we kind of look at all of that intertwined. And for for us, it is. Maybe not for everybody, but for us, that's how we've created our lives uh, at this point and how we've designed uh, the setup of our lives. So very much one depends on another, and we have a tendency to look at uh, look at it holistically. Sometimes we'll break it into categories and have different goals for for different areas of each section of our our life. But beyond that, um, that's that's kind of where we start. So we have uh, we have something that we've been working on for, oh my goodness, over a year now coming up that I'm pretty excited about and uh, was tied into my 2017 goals too. So we are taking a trip to uh, to London and Ireland and Scotland for about a month. And we are taking the kids. Last year, and we've resolved this is something we want to continue doing as long as it fits well into our, our life and we're enjoying it. Uh, but we've resolved to uh, every year pull the kids out of school or just pull them away from whatever's going on and go and essentially uproot ourselves and go live in another country for a month. So we did that last year, um, in Paris and, uh, in the country of France, it turns out. And that was a ton of fun. So we're like, Hey, let's do that again. And that is, that is one of our goals for 2018. So in, in right now, uh, our tentative dates are end of April and we're going to go and, uh, meet a whole bunch, actually, this is this is fun too. Uh, been emailing with people for quite a while now that live in in London. So we're going to try and meet as many of the people that we've worked with because we actually have a lot of clients and students in in the UK, as it turns out. Which oh, is that's so awesome! Yeah. I am so jealous. I've worked with a couple, and they are just the the raddest of rad humans. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! I think we've even had a couple on the podcast. Well, we had Tanya on the on the on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I know for sure, and I want to say maybe one more person too, but it's totally escaping me right now. Um, yeah, you can hear more about Tanya's episode and uh, the work that Lisa got to do with her and her whole story and how she relocated to the UK and everything that goes along with it. It's pretty amazing, actually. Um, so that's that's one of our goals, and we also have some really really ambitious goals around the people that we want to help and how we want to help them with happen to your career too. So we have, we have a lot tied up in, into that and we have a, have a, some new program goals that we're, uh, anticipating releasing inside 2018. So I'm very excited for that. And we've got, um, a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes in terms of how we're improving, how we help people. And I've been in 2017, one of the things that I had resolved to do was read nearly every happiness book I could find that was a conglomeration of of research and work on happiness. So I'm excited in in 2018 to take a ton of that research and embed it into in, embedded into our programs. So that's that's a small taste. That is cool. Can I be nosy and ask a follow up question about those ambitious goals for the type of people that that we want happen to your career to be able to serve and help? Uh, yes. What is your question? I, I, I just want to know more. What, tell me the type of goal around who we want to strap a jetpack on that is getting you so excited and jazzed for the year ahead. Oh, well, one of the things that, uh, <laughs> that I've realized is as we've created some of our different programs, we've created them for people in, in certain, um, certain spots, certain areas of, of life. And, I have recently realized you and I have had conversations about this too, that, um, that for those people that are incredibly ambitious and are used to performing at a very high rate, but have recently realized that, you know, they want their life to be different than, than how they've set it up and want to work towards making that happen. And this is what we've called, um, uh, well, some people have called it lifestyle design, uh, life architecting. We've referred to it in a couple of different fashions. Um, I was trying to look up the podcast episode where you and I did, in fact. Um, it was the life crafting episode. I can't remember what yes, the number is, but we'll yeah. definitely put it into the the show notes and the the blog post for this episode. Yeah, search search happened to your career and life crafting, and it'll pop right up on iTunes, and then you can take a listen. But 
folks that are really in that place where they have, <laughs> well, you and I were just talking about this before we even hit record, right? We've checked off some of the boxes and met some of our goals and got there. And it's like, well, what's next? Right? So, uh, our, ironically, that is, uh, that is the t- folks that, uh, that we're very interested in helping with their problems and really building out and, and refining their life in different ways too. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Awesome. Awesome. So it's people who are pretty ambitious, pretty successful, but have checked all those boxes for themselves and who are looking for the next, the next thing, you know, how do they expand, grow, contribute more deeply, live more in alignment with their values, that type of person. Yeah. And how do they go from where they're at to what feels like flourishing to them? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a good, that's such a good way for us to dive into talking about 2018 goals and goal setting and framing for everybody who's listening. But I know that you threw that threw down the gauntlet with me to tell a little bit about my own goals for 2018. So yes, so um, we are going to, uh, we're going to do that first. And then we can talk (laughs) about flourishing and 2018, all that you want to, but what's going on in, in your world and you and I have uh, I don't know that we've gotten to have this conversation outside of this. So this is, this is good. Two we birds, have... one scone. <laughs> that phrase for all of you listening is courtesy of a dear friend of mine, Christine, because she felt like two birds, one stone was a little violent for her taste. So two birds, one scone it is. So the way that I think about goal planning, goal planning, <laughs> uh, goal setting and life planning for myself is I almost imagine it like a a mind map. So I have different centers that I focus around, um, which it sounds like it's very different from the way that you and Alyssa think about your more integrated version of life and work uh, planning. But for me, I think about things in these different discrete buckets of health and fitness, relationship, uh, spirituality, personal development, business, different things like that. So some of the places, some of those different centers of of idea generation have a lot more momentum and excitement and energy for them right now. Yeah. Like I, after having got back from my 95 day test drive of what it is like to work remotely, work abroad, um, coming back, I, like we were talking about, I felt like I had just checked a whole bunch of boxes and achieved a whole bunch of the dreams that I had for my own life. And all of a sudden was facing this identity crisis and panic of, well, who am I if I'm not the person who is saving up for this amazing trip abroad and, you know, selling all of her worldly possessions and going off on this grand adventure? And so what I'm really finding that my soul is craving for 2018 is to lean into learning and growth and new skills. So when I think about the uh, health and fitness locus of goal setting for myself, let me guess you're taking up parkour. No, no, no. I will, I will let you do all those crazy Kong vaults all on your own over there. (laughs) Uh, but what comes up for me is that I have been playing beach volleyball. Oh, you have, there is an indoor beach volleyball facility in Colorado, which is the coolest thing. There are a couple actually, and they are the coolest thing in the entire world. And I get such a rush from playing. And I know I have so much to learn from going from, from being passable and able to be on a, a four-player team pretty easily to being able to play doubles really well and to be able to be a great partner, whether it's in co-ed or women's. So mm. I'm really excited about the idea of conditioning, practicing, training, going to clinics, and really investing in my body and my health in that way. And I'm also thinking about if there is a Cuban salsa dancing community here in Colorado, because I discovered Cuban salsa dancing of all places in Bali and had a (laughs) ball doing it. And so now I'm looking for, are there other communities in the United States that have that same, uh, that same interest, that same skill set? Because apparently there are a lot of different versions of salsa and Cuban salsa is not one of the more common ones. So I'm excited to do some sleuthing and see what and who I can find in that community here to help advance that goal for myself. Total side note, if you know anything about Cuban salsa dancing in Colorado, then uh, email Lisa, Lisa at happenedyourcrew.com. Yes, okay. Moving, moving on. 
<laughs> so that's where I have lots of energy and fire and excitement around my goal setting. I have goals for, for my business. I have goals for, for other things, um, like personal development and sort of one part personal development, one part spirituality, one part creativity is that I really want to learn how to play guitar. Do you really? I do. Oh my goodness. We can, we can. Okay. So context, if you didn't already know, all of our team is spread all over the, all over the country, sometimes all over the world, depending on where we're at. And with that, I, I guess we, we, we could set up like a remote band. Did you know I play guitar? No, I didn't know you play guitar. How have we not talked about that? You've been to my house. You, <laughs> like uh, those guitars sitting there, those are mine. Well, except for one, one's my son's. That is amazing. Okay, so we're going to offer the Happen to Your Career remote guitar lesson. <laughs> That's the 2018 offering that's launching. You're hearing it here all first. The, all the goals have to change. I'm sorry, <laughs> we are sweeping them aside so that Lisa can learn guitar. It's about priorities, folks. <laughs> Okay. So we've got, got the guitar, we've got the beach volleyball, we've got, uh, some goals for, uh, goals for your business, got goals for, uh, some other things around that. That is super, super cool. Now, what about, what about everybody else's goals? Because everybody listening here probably has some things that they want to accomplish in the new year too, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that every time that you or I start working with a new coaching client, we yeah. have this same process the same set of questions pop up about, okay, what are we doing here? Why are we working together? What is it that is burning inside of you that is just desperate to get out into the world? Mm -hmm. Even if it is this burning fire with some asterisks next to it, because that's usually where we are able to make the most meaningful difference in somebody's life through coaching is in helping to address those asterisks. Because so many of the people who come to us come to us with with a, I don't know if it's a secret dream or something they maybe haven't articulated to other people in their life because it feels so scary to speak it into reality in the universe because it would require such a magnificent but also terrifying amount of change and transformation in their life to do that, you know, we get the honor and the privilege of being a safe space to actually explore what that might look like mm -hmm. for somebody. But the reason why we talk to people so much about goal setting and why it becomes this sort of big thing is because usually with the sort of things that you care enough about to turn into a goal and you turn into a goal that you actually want to do, as opposed to those, those should goals that we put on ourselves about, I should I lose should 10 do. pounds yeah. or I should call my mom more often. Like, uh, if you don't have passion and excitement and like a heart tie to that, then let's not worry about that. Let's not do goal setting around that. But let's talk about the ones that have that fire and that life force inside of you and that help you to grow and expand into the person that you want to be. But usually those goals have some, have some challenge and they require some big changes out of you. And so I think if it's cool with you, Scott, that we can talk a bit about setting those big, hairy, scary, exciting goals, identifying what those asterisks are that make it feel like it might be maybe a little bit impossible or that there might be some circumstances in your life that could keep that from happening for you. And then talking about all of the radical and yet subtle, simple things that you can do to set yourself up for success in achieving those in 2018. Yes. Yes. We should do that. In fact, let's do it. it and really quick before we move into that, um, just want to call out the point you made about so many people have, I'm now thinking of the fire with the asterisk, <laughs> like I, who knows, maybe that might find a, its way onto our website. Here's a fire. It's got an asterisk next to it or something along those lines. Uh, either way, uh, speaking it into reality, whatever, whatever that is and being able to get, get the motion going. Often that is the first barrier. And what's really, really interesting. I think that, um, most of the people that we've had, that we've worked with in some capacity on the podcast, it, it started from that, that like, uh, being willing to actively take whatever ha you felt for a long time, but then admit that you have been feeling it for a long time. Maybe that's a, that's a way to say it. Speak it into reality. I'm thinking of Matt toy who came on the podcast and, uh, the first conversation I ever had with him, 
had shared with me, Hey, I, I would love to start a yoga business for guys. And he was totally afraid of it and made a bunch of excuses at the time to not do it. And then now, you know, a year and a half later, he's doing it. Like that's, that's, that's what he's doing. He's earning money from it and all kinds of stuff like that. We've got countless stories like that, but that seems like that is the, really the first step and a good kicking off point for this new year. Cause to be able to, to be able to even be able to even go after it and address barriers around it or anything else, like it has to be spoken into reality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the point that you made about Matt having sort of heard this call and then rejecting it or making excuses about it or telling himself he couldn't do it is, is such a common experience. I mean, oh my goodness, how many of us have had that fleeting thought of, I want to write a book or I want to run a marathon or I want to start my own business and then dismissed it out of hand to say, oh, well, I couldn't do that. You know, someone like me could someone never do like that. Me. I don't have the time. I'm too busy, blah, 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 blah. I'm not you know? the type of person that does that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I encourage you, if you were sitting here listening to this podcast and when we're talking about these secret dreams or those little whispers running through your mind about the what ifs and the things that, that have called out to you, that if there was any time in life that felt like the appropriate moment to actually honor that and give it the possibility of becoming a reality for you, that the advent of a new year, the the advent of a, a new you is absolutely the moment to to see what could happen, what might be possible there. I had reached a point in my business that I had gotten to largely through sweat equity, just legging it out, doing the research by myself, figuring it out on my own. Tracy's business had plateaued and was keeping her from what mattered most to her. When she signed up for coaching with HTYC, she identified who she needed help from. The business had reached a certain level, but I also had some family issues. I had a very sick parent. So in my mind, I wanted to create workflows and efficiencies and extra revenue that would allow me to take the time with that parent that was really meaningful to me. Tracy was able to set up her business for success and give her time with her loved ones. And I had reached a point where I knew that I wanted some more professional help. And particularly, I wanted help from somebody whose life I admired and whose business I admired. Our work together really helped me systematize. You took all the risk away, you took all the fear away. And from that point on, you know, I was really diligent in using our time really well and making sure that we got the most out of it, but so were you. Congratulations to Tracy on creating a business and a life that works for her. If you wanna find out how to do exactly the same thing, create a business and build it so that it suits your life and lifestyle, and it also lights you up and gives you purpose at the same time, well, turns out we can help. Find out how coaching can help you do that step-by-step. Step. Go over to happentoyourcareer.com and click on career coaching to apply. Or you can text my coach, that's M-Y coach, to 44222. Pause right now and we'll send over the application. Just text my coach to 44222. The fact that I got to spend an incredible guilt-free amount of time with a sick and dying parent who's no longer here um, is priceless. Okay, so we have that in mind. Let's assume, let's fast forward a little bit and then assume that people have already began to declare some of those things that they have been... Um, <laughs> harnessing the flame with the asterisk for <laughs> this is going to get real funny real fast. Um, but what it, whatever it is, let's, let's assume for a minute, let's fast forward and assume that you've already got some of, some of those, those goals or some of those challenges or some of those, um, you already, you already know, or at least have an understanding of what it is that you might want to want to accomplish, do check off experience, I'm running out of verbiage uh, for 2018. Is that fair to say? Does that get, yeah. us, get us to the part where where we can jump in here? Absolutely. And I think for our community in particular, two of the biggest ones that we tend to hear 
are number one, I want to start working for myself in some capacity, whether it is a side hustle or full on entrepreneurship. And number two is I want to go from, from good or mediocre to great in my work. I want to be working for a company that aligns with my values. I want to get paid more to do what I'm doing. And both of those sorts of big radical changes definitely come with lots of potential little asterisks. So to dive on in to the first step to making something like that actually happen for you in your life this year, you know, not three years from now, not a decade from now, but taking the reins is you've got to identify what those little asterisks are for you. I think about this as identifying the, the challenge gauntlet ahead of you. What are those little secret beliefs? What are the, the stories you've been telling yourself about what you are and are not capable of that have probably been the excuses or the roadblocks that have kept you from getting started or being as wildly successful as you want to be up until now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, um, and we've got an episode coming up and I know you know her story very intimately, but in a few weeks here, you'll hear an episode with Laura Morrison, who very ironically last year at this time, she had finally acknowledged that she was ready to move on from her, her role. And in, in January, beginning of January declared that, look, I am, I'm going to do this by the end of the year, I am going to have another, another job that I want to be in and no more of this tolerating in the same space because I, uh, don't know how to, I don't know how to proceed. No more of, no more of that. And take a, take a listen to that. That'll come up here in a few weeks, but it, it strikes me as, um, very, very much a great story. Cause she was in that same place. She was already getting well-paid, very well compensated. And she had a lot of flexibility, had a lot of things that are fairly desirable for people, quite frankly, but she was still in that toleration standpoint. And she had been for a couple of years. No longer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Laura's story is so great. I'm so excited for you guys to all get a chance to listen to it. But one of the things that oftentimes, especially for someone who is being well paid, has a lot of flexibility, you know, on the outside has a job that looks pretty darn good to everybody who's sitting outside looking in, is one of the biggest challenges or the biggest stories that we tell ourselves is you know, well, this is a good job. Anybody else would be jealous of this. You know, I look really successful. And when you have one of those sort of statements about how, how the world is supposed to work, you know, that you have gotten into this position that seems so great on the outside and you just must not be appreciative enough, or you just must not be grateful and acknowledging what's going on in your world. That can be such a, an insidious story that will just, that will be the biggest fire extinguisher for that fire that you can imagine. So identifying that you're telling yourself a story that because this job might be perfect for someone else, you have to settle and you have to deal with it despite parts of your soul that are yearning and craving to get to do something bigger, do something different, do something more. Having a sense that that's one of the stories that's running in your head is a great way to start to evolve from feeling limited by that story to having a sort of intellectual curiosity about that story and opening up new possibilities for yourself. And Scott, I bet you have tons of examples of the different types of insidious little stories that people will tell themselves <laughs> that keep them, keep them stuck. I mean, especially from when you and Alyssa went to, to Paris with the kids for a month, that's not something that everybody just up and does. And I bet that you guys probably had some of those secret stories and limiting beliefs crop up for yourselves, or you had other people share those with you too. Yeah, absolutely. And and in our case, we had, we had been talking about, uh, we'd been talking about, Hey, these are places that I want to visit for, I don't know, like 10 years, something along those lines, a really long time, right? Eight or 10 years. And that kept cropping up over and over again. And we just, we pretty much wrote it off for a very, very, very long time. Like, Oh, you know, nobody can do that. Like only there's only, there's a few people that, you know, inherited money and trust fund babies or something like that. They could, they could totally do that, but not us. And we, we, that's, that's the story in the, in the script that we would tell ourselves a lot of the time. And here's a, here's another good one too. You mentioned running, 
like uh, half marathons or something like that too. Uh, for many years, uh, Alyssa said the same thing over on, she's like, it would be really cool to run a half marathon, but she, she behind the scenes would very much think, you know, I'm, I'm not the type, I'm not a runner. I don't, I don't do that. That's, that's not what I do. I just, I don't do that. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because I would take all the time and then I'd have to train for it and all, all kinds of other things would pop into her head. And we had many conversations about it. And then eventually at some point, uh, honestly, I just got a, a tired of it. And like, look, you've been talking about this for five years. <laughs> let's just go and do it. Like I'll train with you. It'll be a, a pain in the ass. Yes, but let's go and do it. And then we looked up a uh, couch to 5k and that was, uh, that was the first half marathon that we run now since then she's done, I don't know, like five or six or something along those lines, but yeah, she, <laughs> same, same set of stories. And there's other beliefs too. And you know, you, you wrote out a really, really good piece of, well, a, a good article, I guess is actually what it was. And you had described a whole bunch of these stories and these were things like, Hey, I could, I could never take a sabbatical for two months and go and travel or, yeah, you know, people just don't quit. They don't just up and quit a job at Facebook or Google, you know, the the king or queen of all companies uh, to be able to just move to a smaller company. Nobody does that. Why would they do that? Uh, especially a smaller company that has better work-life boundaries and other things too, like, hey, you know what? We couldn't possibly start a business this year. That takes a ton of money and it, you know, all of the things, right? Yeah. Oh, and words like that have such power in our lives. And when we put those ideas and those beliefs out there into the world, there's this, this principle from the world of psychology called confirmation bias, where once you have a belief about the way that the world works, your brain almost subconsciously starts looking for all of the confirming evidence to prove that that is true and treat it more like a fact than a belief. And so I imagine that when you and Alyssa were talking about going to, going to France, and but you were thinking, oh, nobody does that. You probably found a million different examples of people who had not done that in your oh, life. Yeah, weirdly so. Same way that when you buy a new, you know, buy a new Honda or something like that, you see Hondas everywhere, which is a, a slightly different type of bias, but it works and functions the same way. Now, conversely, what was really interesting, as soon as we decided we were going to go, um, there was we decided about like 18 months and then we're like, Oh crap. Like now we've got to like save and pay for this and everything else along those lines. And we started to find ways that that could happen and would happen because we had, we had committed to that on a psychological level too. So it works both ways. You can use it to your advantage too. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think we'll, we'll probably get to that here in a second too, but those, when you realize that you have those stories, and that words have power, and that you're probably looking for data points that support that. And then you are able to play a mind trick on yourself mm. and start to make the opposite argument and start to then use confirmation bias to start looking for the opposite data points. It's incredible, the sorts of things that you can find. Yeah. So when you think about Jedi mind tricks that one can play on, on oneself, in psychology, this is typically called a cognitive reframe. So where you take a thought like nobody goes and lives in Paris for a month, or nobody would leave someplace like Facebook or Google in pursuit of something better. And you flip it on its head to say, well, some people do. Who does this? Or how could I do this? Or what are some examples of people who have made this kind of a change in their lives? And just turning it from being a definitive closed-ended statement into a curiosity and a question and something that's a little bit more explorational, explorational, exploratory, <laughs> explorationalatory. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> something that is open to possibilities. Yeah. The way that you and Alyssa did where you said, okay, we've made this commitment. Now, how are we going to make it happen? And how do we get creative to save the money and set up our business systems and structures so that we can travel and not have that be a huge hit to our family, our life, our kids, et cetera, you started to make some incredible things happen for yourself. Yeah. So let me make sure I understand this mind trick that you're referring to. So you're saying, take this story that I've been telling myself, whatever it is. And instead of just looking at it on face value 
add a add something like a how could I? How could I take a sabbatical and travel for two months? Or how could I move to a smaller company that had better work-life boundaries? Or how could I, uh, whatever it is, insert your story here. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then once you have come up with whatever that statement is, if it's maybe the limiting belief that you had was nobody's really that happy in their jobs. And then you look for I think there probably are people who are happy in their jobs. How could I become happier in my jobs? How can I find the people who are happier in their jobs? And you start to put yourself into that mindset. Then the next step, the next piece in the puzzle is reinforcing that belief as being the new reality for you by looking for that supporting evidence and seeking out who are the people who are really happy and excited and motivated and what are they doing that's different from what I'm doing so far? Or what are the workplaces that tend to have a reputation for happy employees? And what are different about those workplaces? Are there certain industries or certain sectors that tend to over-index in people feeling really satisfied and excited and happy? And is that something that I might think about considering for, for my own shift? And the more that you can push yourself to keep looking, keep digging, keep seeking out new information on how this might be possible for you, the easier all of a sudden it's going to feel to actually make it happen for yourself. Now, ironically, that is, that is how this whole company got started too. Or even if you go to the precursor of how happened, your career started, I, I, (laughs) I was looking at the, those two, well, a little bit of a juxtaposition because you, we know from the work that Gallup and a couple other, uh, a couple other companies that have accumulated good research on it, that, really about only 13% of people that are in the workforce really enjoy immensely their their jobs and their roles. And we also know that, at least in the United States, there's only about 8% of people that uh, that make more than $100,000 a year. Like, not, not very much. And if you look at the entire world, it's a much, much, much smaller percentage. And then when you put those together and think about it almost as a like overlapping Venn diagram, there's even fewer, even fewer people that both make a lot of money and are well paid and also love what they do. And I think at that point you can, you can go down the same track that we've been talking about. You can either accept that story as like, oh, well, you know, only a few people in the world do that. I guess uh, I should just go ahead and give that up. Or you can say, how could I figure out what those people are doing. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, quotes from, from Tony Robbins, one of the, the biggest name coaches out there is that success leaves clues. And so once you see someone out there who is doing a thing that looks like the sort of thing that you want to be doing, it's not just a complete accident that they got there. There have got to be some sort of breadcrumbs that they have left throughout the decisions they've made the places that they work, the skills they acquired, the people that they formed relationships with that help them to be able to unlock the right doors to get to where they are. And you can reverse engineer a lot of the different pieces of those paths, especially once you start to look at a couple different people and a couple different models of how somebody could get to the type of thing that you're particularly excited about. So let's let's assume then that I have identified a couple of my my stories that I'm telling myself, and I've now reframed it into the how could I how could I do this how could I learn about this how could I look at this differently whatever it is, what's next, what's next to make this reframe really successful? I think that the biggest thing to do to start is just give yourself the intellectual challenge of without seeking out other data points. And just thinking in a theoretical space, what might be possibilities to help you make that world your reality? So let's let's say, for example, that uh, somebody really wanted to get the opportunity to work remotely. And they had the belief, like, there are no jobs that actually pay enough for me to work remotely. The only remote jobs are call center jobs. I don't want to do that. And they do this Jedi mind trick to say, how could I find work that pays me enough that allows me to work remotely too? And then you start to put on that creative brainstorm hat and think about all of the wild and crazy and maybe even slightly ridiculous seeming ways that that could be possible. 
then all of a sudden you have a new playing field of opportunity. So if all you're looking for is a job that pays you enough and allows for you to work remotely, that could be working for somebody else full-time who has a really flexible work-from-home policy. It could be working for somebody else full-time that is an all-remote company and workforce. I have a a friend who works for one of those. It's a a WordPress theme developer, and they just had a six-week team summit in Chiang Mai, Thailand. But otherwise, the team is free to work from wherever the heck they want to work on the globe. Um, But maybe instead of working for one employer full-time, maybe the right solution for you would be working for two employers full-time, doing two different remote part-time gigs to get you to the salary that feels good while also giving you the flexibility and the freedom that feels good. And maybe it could be working for yourself. You start your own business that you can design to be a location independent or something that actually requires you to travel to places that could be really fun for you. So maybe you have this secret dream of getting to host uh, leadership retreats or uh, mommy baby play classes and emotional awareness classes. And you can go and do those in all kinds of fun cities like San Francisco one month, and New York City another month, and Austin another month. You know, when you think about getting to be the boss of your own life and all the different ways that you could fill those needs within a fairly limited brainstorm of just trying to optimize for those two things, money and flexibility, you can come up with some wild and exciting and really expansive possibilities and ideas for yourselves. I love that. And it's, that might take... Okay, so if we go through this in its entirety, we might be talking about like 60 minutes worth of time total. And if I yeah. if I think about like the biggest biggest things that have happened in my personal life, um honestly a lot of them have come from this type of work. Like s- sitting down and really considering, "Hey, what is it that I have been wanting to do and then putting some dedicated time into this type of process to figure out, Hey, what could this look like? How could I do it? And just initially, initially brainstorming some different ways that that could happen and then allowing that work. Uh, that's not where it stops by any means. It doesn't just magically happen after that, but allowing that initial, initial foundational level work and consideration to then, uh, then blossom and then, uh, and then turn into, um, turn into the actual thing over the course of upcoming, sometimes, sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years. Yeah, absolutely. And two things that are important about your story that I want to make sure that we highlight are number one, it doesn't have to take a long time. You can do this whole exercise in 60 minutes, which is thrilling and exciting. But what makes the difference is if you're committing to it, yeah. So if you're doing this just for the purposes of having an intellectual exercise, okay, sure, fine. That right. sounds like that could be fun. But if you have made a secret commitment or an explicit commitment that you are excited about and ready to and willing to explore what those next steps might look like for you, it's going to make this type of work so much more powerful. You know, you said that everything, the game changed for you when you and Alyssa decided to commit to running a half marathon or commit to seeing how it might be possible to make Paris into a real thing for the business. And that commitment, I think, is huge. But the other thing that you said that I want to make sure we highlight is that once you do this brainstorm, that should be you know, the, the point where we are really starting to pour some jet fuel onto that fire. And then you can ask yourself, you know, what is the next, what's just the next tiniest baby step that I could take to see if this could be a reality for me? Maybe it's doing research to see other people who have walked down the same path. Maybe it is, if you're wanting to do work that's remote, maybe it is exploring what your current company's policy is on that type of work. Maybe it's doing research into all remote workforces, whatever that looks like for you. Once you've got this brainstorm momentum rolling, don't let it die there. Block off the time, continue to honor that commitment, make it a priority. And start to then put in the put in the time and the elbow grease that it takes to really change your life and live your dream. This is amazing. And I will say too that if you want to see 
an example of exactly how, how this works and how this plays out and what that 60 minutes in terms of how you can spend your time to be able to make this work for you. You can go over to happen to your career.com forward slash two one one as in two eleven because now we this is the two hundred and eleventh episode of Happen to Your Career, as weird as that sounds to say. Oh my goodness, we're at two hundred and eleven episodes. How do we do that? Um but head on over there and then you can get get an example of exactly how this works and be able to see it in writing and for some types of learning styles, that's even more beneficial. This is this is super cool. I I absolutely love that uh that you're thinking about this this way. And I've gotten the opportunity to witness this firsthand in in some areas of your life as I've gotten to know you over the last, oh my goodness, how long have we known each other? Approaching two years at this point. Eight. Yeah, it it has been, it's been fun. It's been wild. I mean, you got to see this last year and me going from this idea of potentially working abroad to then going and making it a three month part of my life yeah. within the span of one year. So it is absolutely possible to be done, especially when you enlist the right people to support you and help you make it happen. Yes. But I would love for, for if you were listening to this and you were going to go through this process and make this commitment to yourself, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at lisa at happentoyourcareer.com and let me know what sort of big, bold, gutsy goals you're thinking about. And if you want some help with that brainstorming process about what different ways it could be possible, let me know. We can talk via email. We can hop on the phone because we, we are in the business of changing lives here at Happen to Your Career. And we want to see people unlocking new levels of happiness and fulfillment and contribution. And so whatever we can do to help make that happen for you, we want to do it. So send me a note. It is kind of what we do around here as it, as it turns out. I, I so appreciate you taking, taking the time and making the time and uh, I, oh my goodness, we've had you, we've had you, we brought you on the podcast, like, I don't know, maybe 10 times now, something, something like that. So not quite I guess as Mark yet, but I'm getting there. You're catching up. <laughs> so a little, little bit behind the scenes. We are, we typically record a lot of these, um, in advance and we are just about to hop on a recording with Mark and Lisa, uh, to, uh, to bring him back the reunion tour and the new tour at the same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so look out for that in, in future episodes too. Hey, I wanted to give you a little bit behind the scenes here because you're one of our podcast listeners and the podcast was our first project and it's still something that we, we not only take a lot of pride in, but we get really excited about every single week. And now that we're well over 200 plus episodes into, into it, and we've been able to grow this thing quite a bit, I wanted to be able to share a little bit about what we have going on coming up in the new year. Uh, we actually are re-releasing our, our signature program in the new year. It's going to going to happen in mid-January and we're telling people that our podcast listeners are already on the waiting list for Career Change Bootcamp 2.0. So this is our this is our signature coaching program to be able to help you identify what it is that you want. Finally identify what it is that you should be doing in your career that matches up with what fits you in the life that you want. So not only have we completely redesigned the program, but we also have a lot of surprises in store for people who are interested in enrolling in it. So what I would invite you to do is go over to happentoyourcareer.com and then click on Career Change Bootcamp and sign up for the waitlist. And when you do that, you're going to hear about it, not only before anybody else does, but we're also going to give you a number of surprises for anybody who ends up enrolling in the program too. And those are going to range from additional time with our coaches all the way to access to parts of the program that other people just don't have. I think that you're going to, I think that you're going to love it. And I can't tell you everything. <laughs> uh, we, we haven't released it publicly yet, but I wanted to give you this heads up because you've been with us on this journey and been listening to the podcast, listening to all our episodes. All right. Hey, I will see you over there.
You want to hear what's coming up next week on Happen to Your Career? (laughs) Me too. All right, let's find out. And I also found teaching to be really demanding. And I felt this very strong sense of obligation to all the students in the classes that I taught. Even as a graduate student researcher and teaching assistant, I had a lot of challenges sort of prioritizing when do I grade papers and meet with students who are struggling versus when do I pursue my own research and write proposals and papers. And so my conclusion after sort of testing it out as a graduate student was, I'm not sure I could do this full time as a professor for the rest of my career. Hey, all that and plenty more right here next week on Happen to Your Career. Until then, I will see you later. Adios. I'm out. Oh, are we starting? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I need to do my, my Scott Barlow radio voice. Hold on. Let here. me get into the, the, the radio voice. It is really hard. That is, that's the best way I could characterize it. I, it's, it's this, this balance of wanting to hang on to my ambition and my hunger and my fire and my desire to be creative, but also to, uh, like the paradoxical piece of also accepting where I am and being here and being still and not letting that drive put me back on the road to Bali or Nashville or whatever is supposed to be until, until that's the, the natural right thing to do. Drop what I'm going to drop right in there. Like, so. It's funny. I got some emails from folks who were like, I listened to the podcast this week. Hawaii sounds great. <laughs> like, well, I hope you can see me now in the basement of my mother's house in Colorado. <laughs> Like we've got to orient everybody in the HTYC community towards the horizon line and towards shore and then throw them some water wings and some flippers to get them there faster. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. And complete with water wings and flippers and potentially um, like those big, uh, I don't know, blow up whales that are that go in the pool too. Like, the really big ones. Like when you're a kid, it's much larger than you. That one too. Yeah. I feel like that's going to get me there faster. Yeah. Okay. Although knowing the people in the HTYC community, we're probably going to end up teaching them how to build their own dang boat in process. <laughs> <laughs> Water wings are for the week. Water wings are for the, the juvenile. Our, our people don't mess around. <laughs> We are an anti-water wing community. I am sorry. Um, we, <laughs> see that one? He's designing a hydro cruiser. You don't know what a hydro cruiser is because he made it up. There you go. I like it. Okay. That's dreaming big for 2018 right there. There we go. The later in the day you get me, the higher pitched my voice goes throughout the day. Like in the morning, it's like, it's like, hey, this is this is Scott Barlow. How you doing? Like extra low. And then throughout the rest of the day, it's like, hey, hi there. How are you? Oh my goodness. This is going to be the possibly the most informal, informal podcast uh, maybe ever. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know that we're going to be able to keep straight faces for this one. Uh, it's it's certainly off to, uh, uh, I, I don't know what that dance move was that I just attempted to poorly perform, but it is off to that kind of start. It is that kind of day as it turns out. 